Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. Man, I'm so, so excited to be sharing tonight. So like he said, I'm Alicia. Me and Andrew are the directors. Kimber's on staff with us, and she's amazing. Um, And so it's been so cool. We've been here for, we're in the middle of our ninth year here on campus, and it gets better every year. It's just the best. So last month, Andrew talked about foundations and how important it is to build our foundation of our life on Jesus because other things just won't, can't withstand the pressures of life, right? Like, um, and, and that's what he talked about. If you didn't get a chance to, to come to that worship service, I'd really encourage you, check it out on our podcast. We do have a podcast where you can kind of keep up with um, sermons and things like that. But um, we, we talked about Jesus and God being our foundation of our lives. And that kind of left us wondering like, okay, that's great. How do I do that? How do I build my life on Jesus, right? It was like, oh, that's a great idea. How? Um, and so that's my hope tonight is to answer the question of like, how do we build our lives on God? How do we grow in friendship with him and, uh, and just learn what it looks like to walk with him? Okay, so how many of you guys went to sleepovers as a kid? Sleepovers. Okay, sleepovers were my jam. All right, they were my favorite thing. And this is a picture of elementary school Alicia. Look, she is so bright-eyed, and it was probably because she had a sleepover that weekend that she was going to. Um, but I loved sleepovers, and I had um, I had like two types of friends though. Like I had two friends that I went and slept with, slept over at their house a lot. One of them. If we're being honest, she was kind of more of like my mom's friend's kid. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, and I think in this case, this, this girl was homeschooled, um, which nothing against homeschooled. I was homeschooled for a little bit. But I think I might have been her only friend. Like, I'm pretty sure that, like, my, our moms worked out. Her mom's like, hey, she needs socialization. Can Alicia come over? And, uh, and so, like, I would go and hang out with her. And her mom was, like, the mom that served, like, kale smoothies and told us we had to go to bed at 8 p.m., right? And, uh, and if we're being honest, it was not always ideal. Like, we always had a good time. We ended up enjoying each other. We, like, we, ha- we were friends. But it was just always kind of like, you know, it's not what childhood dreams are made of in terms of sleepovers, right? <laughs> like the kale, the early night. Um, but I had another friend. And this was the friend that it's like, oh, we're going to her house. Yes, this is awesome. So like we'd wake up and she'd open her pantry for breakfast. And it was like, every cereal in the world. How many of you guys went to Spoons last weekend? Uh, the Spoons family dinner, that was legit. Like there was cereal everywhere, so many different types. That was her pantry. And I was like, this is heaven. This is heaven, right? And, uh, and then like her parents would be like, hey, y'all pick any one of our like dozens of movies. We'll pull out the couch, sofa. You can eat popcorn, stay up past bedtime. She had this cool like little um, under the staircase closet that her parents converted into like a playroom. So we'd sit in there, you know, elementary Alicia playing Beanie Babies. You know, it was, it was the best. It was the best. And I loved going to her house. So, but here's the thing is like, those are two different types of friends, right? The one that you're like, oh, I'm so excited to hang out with her. And one that you're like, she's cool. Her mom's a little intense and I usually end up eating kale and staring at her ceiling at 8 p.m. because I can't go to sleep yet. But um, there was one that I looked forward to and one that was kind of an obligation, if we're being honest. And I think that if we're honest, we kind of think of Jesus as the kale friend. Am I right? Like, we're kind of like, I mean, I know he's good for me, but he's kind of, it gets stuck in my teeth. You know, it's a little chewy, the kale, you know. And so, like, I think sometimes we think that if we are going to walk with God, it's going to end up being 
cool but kind of lame, right? And I just want to say that's not the case, okay? That's not the case. The connection to God can be a joy, and it can be something that is so life-giving to us and not necessarily a burden. We think of it often as a commitment or an obligation, but I promise you it is not that. It's more than that. God loves you. He created you. He sent Jesus to die on the cross so that you didn't have to suffer, so that you didn't have to die. And he knows exactly how you work. He made you. He knows what's going to make you happiest. He knows how your life is going to be the most fulfilling. And he wants to walk with you in life. I think sometimes we also think of God as like this distant, like he's up in the sky and he's kind of like angrily pointing at earth and being like, gosh, these people But like God's not that way, right? Like he actually, it says that he is present and he is personable. He loves us. He cares about us and he's near to us. Okay, so as we talk about God, that's kind of the the God that I want to make sure that we're thinking about, okay? This God that created friendship. So he's got to be good at it. If he made friendship, he's got to be good at it, right? Like he's not the flaky friend. He's not the one that's going to bail on you last minute. He's a good friend. And life can be fun with God. Life can be good with Jesus. It's not just rules and regulations and boredom, okay? And God created you. He sent Jesus to die for you, and he paid the ultimate price for our salvation. So he deserves our affection. He deserves our devotion and obedience to him. But let's think of that kind of a God as we talk tonight about what it looks like to build our lives on Jesus, okay? So we're going to look at a passage in John, and I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll get started with that verse. Lord God, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for being able to be in your presence. I pray that you would speak to us, God, that we would have a new picture of what it looks like to walk with you. And, uh, and Lord, that you would just be here, be with us. We love you, Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're talking about John 15, verses 9 through 15. Um, And this is Jesus. He's talking to his disciples, the guys that he lived life with and did ministry with. And uh, he's talking to them about this. So he says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. So see here, Jesus called his disciples his friends. He didn't see them as people that were just doing his work. He saw them as actual friends. And I think that's the case with us as well. In this passage, he says two things that are noteworthy to me that kind of tell us how we live with Jesus, how we live with God. And the first one is love each other in the same way I've loved you. So he's basically saying like, look at my life. Look at the way I did things. That's the way I want you to love. That's the way I want you to live. So basically, follow my example. And the second thing he says is, you are my friends if you do what I command. So I think there's two things there. The first thing is that we need to know his commands and live by his example. We have to know his example, right? Like if he's saying, follow me, follow the way that I lived and loved, we have to do what Jesus did. So Jesus is like talking about God and like, well, I followed God's commands and God is in me. And it's like, wait, aren't they the same Aren't they the same person? Jesus, God, what what is this? Okay, so God sent Jesus 
Jesus was his son. And it says in scripture that Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. So they were the same. But the cool thing is Jesus was like God on earth. He was God walking this out and we could look at his life. So like you think about God, you're like, ah, I don't know. What is like, I mean, he's up there somewhere. Like it's kind of hard to visualize God, right? And know what he lives, know how he lives and things like that. So he sent Jesus to us so that we could look at a man and say, this is the way that we should live. This is God. Okay. So if we want to know what God looks like and who he is, a great place to start is looking at the life of Jesus. So we have to know him. And the second thing Jesus says is the way to remain in his love is obeying the things he asked us to do, obeying his commands. But we also have to know his commands, right? So those are the two things that I kind of want to talk about today is knowing Jesus and knowing his commands, knowing God and knowing his commands. So I'm going to share a few ways that we can know God and learn his commands. And the first thing we can do is talk to him. The first thing we can do is talk to him. So we need, like I said, we need to know the, the Savior we're supposed to follow. And, and a good way to do that is by talking to him. I think a lot of times, like in Scripture, talking to God is called prayer. And I think we hear the word prayer and we're like, ooh, that's something fancy, right? Like you got to be on your knees and like be beside your bed. But like the reality is prayer is simply talking to God. It's talking to him about anything, the things that are going on in your day, talking to him about your classes, talking to him about your friendships, your relationships, talking to him about the things that are going great, the things that are going not so great. Like you're allowed to spill the tea to God. Like you can talk to him about all the stuff that's going on in your life. And like a good friend, he cares. He wants to know what's going on in your life, okay? And I think that's a really great place to start is to get to know God like you would any friend by talking to him, okay? Now, actually, last semester, at the end of semester, Andrew did a whole sermon on prayer and like how we can learn to pray and, and Jesus' example in prayer. And then he even, um, shout out to Zoe back there, uh, one of our life group leaders, he interviewed Zoe about her prayer life and how she had grown to learn to pray and things like that. So on our podcast, there's actually two different sermons, a sermon and then an interview that I'm going to point you to if you're like, I want to learn how to pray. Check that out. They have a whole sermon on it. He went totally into depth on it. Um, and so check that out if that's something that you want to grow in. But that's a really good place to start is talking to him. So we can not only talk to him, but we also need to read the Bible, okay? If we're supposed to follow his commands, we have to know his commands, right? And we have to know the things he said. So, like, we need to know what Jesus said. We need to know what he talked about in Scripture and what is expected of us if we claim to follow Jesus. So what's so cool is the Bible is said, it says that the Bible is God's word given to man, written down. It is inspired by God, the actual words of God. And scripture tells us that it is useful to shape our lives, to change us. And it can literally change our thoughts, our actions, and all of that. But the reality is many Christians have never actually read it, right? We've never actually read the words of God. And there's so many reasons, right? Like it's really long. It's kind of complicated. It's confusing. Maybe you don't have a Bible. How do we make time? Like your students, right? You're reading all the time. You're studying. It's hard to make time for it. Um, and, and honestly, these are all good reasons that makes it challenging to read the Bible. But I, I really want to challenge you in doing it. And, and making that the effort to, to read the Bible because it honestly seems a lot harder than it actually is. 
For those of you that, that have read the Bible before, would you agree with that? Like once you start it, it's not as bad as it seems, but like you're looking at it, you're like, whoa, this is like serious. This is challenging, right? Um, but if you start reading it, you'll overcome that feeling pretty quickly. So like you're in college, again, you made it into TCU. TCU is academically challenging. You have to understand things that are hard. Your whole job right now, your whole season of life is studying and understanding the things your professors are teaching you. And so if we take that same approach to scripture, we really can learn to read the Bible and learn to digest it. Um, my biggest reason personally that I don't read the Bible when I'm having a hard time doing it is time. I'm like, man, where am I supposed to fit this in? Like, it's, it's really hard. You know, I've got little kids. Like, how do I fit in the time to read the Bible? <laughs> and a few years ago, I was reading the Harry Potter series. Did anyone read Harry Potter? I love Harry Potter. I read it in junior high and then read it again. So I was rereading the series. And in that season, I was like, well, I mean, God, I just, I really don't have time to read the Bible. And <laughs> check out this picture of all the books of Harry Potter. I, like, I stacked them up and I was like, dang, that's a lot of pages. That's like, that's a lot. I read them all. Like I've read them, I think two times through, maybe three times through. I can't remember. But, um, and so I was like reading it. And I was like, I looked it up. Harry Potter series is like 4,400 pages of book. Like that's a lot of book. And then this next picture, that's the Bible next to it. I was like, oh, dang, you're right. Like I have time. <laughs> so like Harry Potter is 4,000 pages and the Bible is 1,000. And it's like, I could have read the Bible four times, but Harry Potter was just more entertaining at the time. And so if we're being honest, like we can read the Bible. We have the ability. If we read, you know, we, we read Harry Potter in junior high, we read maybe Hunger Games series or whatever. Um, or if you can spend 30 minutes on TikTok, sorry, I went there. If you can spend 30 minutes on TikTok at lunch, we can spend some time reading the Bible, right? But it's got to be a priority. It's got to be something that we're committed to. And, uh, and you can be like me and in times be like, oh man, like I just don't have time. But let's be real. We have time. We're just not making it a priority. Um, so a few practical things, though. It's, it is challenging. I will say that. It can be challenging. But I want to do a few, give you a few practical tips about reading the Bible that can help it be a little bit less challenging, okay? So the first thing is choose an approachable translation, okay? Choose an approachable translation. So the Bible was originally written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, okay? And a translation is basically scholars sat down with that original language and translated it into another language, for our sake, English, but they've also translated it into other languages. And so they sit down and they're like, how do we preserve the intent of the book, the integrity of the book, the actual things that were said? And there's two ways that scholars generally translate the Bible. The first one is called word-for-word -word translation, okay, word-for-word, -word, which means that they literally take, okay, this word in Greek, this word in English, this word in Greek, this word in English. So what happens is like, it's literally the exact words that were spoken in the Bible and in that original language, but it can kind of sometimes be a little disjointed because like the meaning of like that sentence might not make as much sense in English word for word as it did in, in Greek or Hebrew, you know? So it's very, very authentic, very, very true to the original language, but can sometimes be a little challenging to read at times because it's a little disjointed. So that's called the word for word translation. It's great. It's really good. My favorite word for word is the ESV. It's very accurate. It's called the English Standard Version, which is one of the translations of word for word. And uh, that's a really good one if you like the idea of like, I want the exact words that were used. 
And there's another way of translating that was called thought for thought, which basically said, they were like, this is what the writer, this is the whole sentence that the writer did. Now, let me make that make sense in English, this whole thought. So if you looked at like each exact word, it might not be exactly like the original language, but it's going to preserve the general meaning, okay? So the, the, pro, the, the issue with thought for thought is it might be a little bit like not the exact original word, but it's really readable, okay? It's very, it's a lot more, it flows better. It, it makes a little bit more sense in English. So it's a little bit more of an approachable translation. And my favorite in, of thought for thought translation is called the NLT, the New Living Translation, because it's really, um, it's really easy to read. So they not only did thought for thought, but they also put it in modern language. And so it feels like I'm just reading something that was written to my generation, okay? And here's the thing about translation, is it doesn't matter which one you use, as long as it's one that you will use, <laughs> okay? It doesn't matter which translation you use, as long as it's one that you will actually use. So if you're like, you're super academic, and you love to like, I wanna look up the original Greek word for what he meant here when he said love, like, that's fantastic. Word for word is probably for you, okay? Um, the ESV or some other one, word for word is probably for you. If you're like, man, I've never actually read the Bible before and sat down and read it, you probably want to pick Thought for Thought or the NLT because it's very easy to read, okay? The one plea that I have for you is if you are reading one called KJV, King James Version, please switch Bibles just for a little bit, okay? Just for a little bit because the King James Version is a really old, old version. And so it's a lot of people, that's the one they have around their house and that's totally fine. But it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's really, it's one of the first translations. So it's very confusing at times. Uh, so just try it for a little bit. If you, if you have King James Version, switch for just a little bit and see if you, it's more approachable. But um, one thing that's cool is how many of you guys have version on your phone? If you don't yet, version is a free app. And what's really cool about it is you can choose any translation. You can try out different translations. And so if you're like, man, I want to try this one or this one, um, you can try out different ones. And even if, if English is not your first language, they actually have other languages in there too. Like I know they have um, like Spanish and I think Chinese, they have a few, like multiple languages. So if that's something that you're like, man, I want to check out some different translations, that's a really cool place to do it. And you can have the Bible on you at all times. Now, if maybe your reason for having never read the Bible is that you don't have a Bible, um, grab version. or I really mean this, I'm not just saying this, if you don't have a Bible and you want one that you would actually read, please talk to your life group leader. Please talk to us as staff. We would gladly buy you a Bible, um, one that's yours, that you pick, the translation that you like, because we believe that God's word can change you. And we believe that it's so important if you want to follow Jesus to have a copy of the Bible, okay? And so I'm not just saying this. We will buy you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we would be happy to do that. So that's the first thing It's pick an approachable translation when you're reading the Bible. The second thing that I would say is also start in the right place. If you hear nothing else from me about reading the Bible, please don't start in the beginning. Please don't start in the beginning, okay? I know so many people who start in the beginning and they're like, gosh, it's really confusing and hard. And I'm like, okay, just don't start in the beginning, okay? Because here's why. The beginning is called the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is actually the Torah, which is the Holy Bible of the Jews, Okay, so it is, it is actually the Jewish portion of, of the Bible. So what Christianity is, is Jesus Christ came 
to fulfill the Old Testament, to fulfill the Torah, and he was the promised savior. So the distinctive of Christianity is Jesus Christ. That's what makes it Christianity. And so often we start with the Old Testament when we don't even know anything about Jesus yet. And so I really believe the best place to start reading the Bible is the story of Jesus. Okay, which that starts about two-thirds of the way into the Bible in the New Testament. Those are called the Gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels, which is four different guys who wrote about the life of Jesus, and they wrote to different audiences. So they were writing to different people. My personal favorite is Luke because it's the most comprehensive. It's like starts with Jesus' birth, goes all the way to his resurrection, okay? So it's like his whole life. It's so good. And if you've never before read the entire story of Jesus, I'm going to challenge you. If you claim to follow Jesus, read the story of his life. If you claim to be a Christian, read the complete story of Jesus' life. Because it's so powerful to know who Jesus really was. And the things he said and the way he lived is so beautiful, okay? So if you haven't done that, there's no shame. I'm not throwing shade at you, okay? But if you haven't done that, start it. Um, I think I have a book, a picture of Harry Potter next to Luke. Like it's maybe, is there a third picture there? Maybe not. I don't remember. But um, anyways, it's like, it's tiny. It's like 25 chapters. It's maybe like 30 pages. Okay, so it's really, it's not much to read. And, uh, and it's really powerful. After you read one of the Gospels, maybe you're like, I've already read the story of Jesus. I'm gonna, the next thing that you would want to read is Acts, which is right after John and then in the New Testament, because that's the story of like Jesus dies, he's resurrected, he goes to heaven. What happens to the church? How do they like go on to become Christianity today? So it talks about the early church. And then after that are different letters that people wrote to the new Christians. Hey, this is how we live. This is what you should do. This is what Jesus meant when he said this, okay? And so my challenge for you, if you're starting to read the Bible, is start with the story of Jesus. After you've read one of the Gospels, move on to Acts then read some of the New Testament, and then go back and read the Old Testament, okay? So the Old Testament is so valuable. It's so important, and you should read it. But it's so much easier to understand when you read it through the lens of, the, of Jesus. And when you read it knowing that God's plan was always to send Jesus. He always intended to save his people and to save the world through Jesus. It just makes the Old Testament make a little more sense as you're reading through all the Mosaic laws and things like that. It can get a little hard to understand. So the last thing I'll say about reading the Bible is um, that we shouldn't just read the words of the Bible, but we should let this scripture to challenge our views of the world, okay? So like, You can read something and like read it, understand it, but it's more like an academic, like intellectual reading of something. And that's better than nothing. Don't get me wrong. Like that's a good way to read the Bible too. But an even better way is one is reading the Bible with the intention of letting it change the way that we think, letting it change the way that we look at the world. Okay. So um, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. So let's look at this passage in Luke. So this is Luke 10, 25 through 28 NLT. That's that's the version I'm quoting. Um, And and it's Jesus is talking he's out like teaching and and these religious law leaders like experts they always like to try and trick Jesus so this is a conversation he has it says one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question teacher what should I do to inherit eternal life Jesus replied what does the law of Moses say what does the old testament say And how do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. 
okay? So this is an interaction that Jesus has. Let's say that you're reading this and you could be like, cool. He answered the guy's question. Moving on, right? Like that's one way to read it and that's better than nothing. But the other way that you could read it is to say, okay, Jesus told this guy that the most important thing he could do, the way that he could inherit eternal life, the way that he could live is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength and to love your neighbors yourself. So then you could be like, okay, if that was important for this guy, maybe it's important for me too. So then you can talk to God, right? And you can be like, God, how am I doing? Am I loving you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Am I loving my neighbor as myself? How could I do that better? Is there a way that I could grow in this? And one way of reading it will help us to gain knowledge and will help us to understand Jesus more. But the other way will challenge our thoughts. It'll challenge us to look more like Jesus. It'll challenge us to take our lives and say, I need to look more like Jesus, okay? So that's the best way to read the Bible. And it means that you read a little slower, right? That's only like, what, four verses, three, four verses. And so it's slow, right? It's slower to kind of take that, but it will actually begin to shape our thoughts, begin to shape our lives if we'll read it in that way, okay? So we can talk to God. We can read the Bible. Another thing that we can do is we can listen to music that speaks about Jesus, okay? Music affects us, right? Like music, I know you guys. Y'all are like, you're so proud of like curating the perfect Spotify playlist, right? You're like, dude, this playlist, you've got to see it. Like it, it's music is the anthem of our lives. Like you're popping in your AirPods, you're walking to class, you're like, oh yeah, this is my theme song. Or maybe you're like me and you've got the off-brand AirPods and you're like, they're falling out a little bit as you're walking. But anyways, like music affects us and it's something that we're passionate about. I love music. I sing, I, you know, I love music. Um, and and it, what would it look like to take music and to begin to sprinkle in music that makes us change our, our minds and to think about God more. What would it look like to say, like, hey, every now and then I'm going to throw on some music that's going to, like, talk about Jesus. That's going to make me think about him. So I personally forget to talk to God sometimes during the day. Like, I'll be going through my day and I'll be like, dude, I, have, I haven't even thought about God in, like, a couple hours. Like, I've got kids and someone's crying and someone's throwing food on the ground and I'm like, I need to talk to Jesus or something or I'm about to lose my mind. So what I do is I, music helps me in the middle of the day when I'm feeling a little stressed or when I'm like not remembering to connect with God. I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to put some music on and maybe I'll begin to think about God. Maybe I can begin to talk to God and it'll help me take my mind and point it back to God in the midst of a busy day. And what it does is it actually like changes my attitude. It changes my thoughts. It, it helps me to begin to like reflect on who God is instead of my day. So let me give you an example of this in my life. Um, a few years, actually just last year, um, we went to a doctor's appointment for my oldest son, Asher, who's now five. And, uh, and the doctor was like, hey, this way that he's walking, like it could be like a deadly degenerative disease, um, but we'll look into it and we'll just wait and see. And it was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Like, and they're like, so we're sitting here and we're like waiting for a couple months and we're just like, are, so like we just have to hang out here on this and, and see if this is going to be something that's serious. And uh, it was so stressful and my heart was broken and I was like, God, how, like is he sick? Is he not? Like what's happening? And I remember just struggling so much with anxiety in that season, so much. And, uh, and I remember one day I just, I turned, I was like, God, I, I'm freaking out and my mind is all over the place. I need to turn on some worship music. 
And this song came on called Faithful Now by Vertical Worship. And these lyrics were a part of it. It said, I'm holding on to faith because I know you'll make a way. And I don't always understand. I don't always get to see, but I will believe it. Because you make mountains move, you make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I'll preach to my doubt that you were faithful then, so you'll be faithful now. And like, I'm listening to that song and I'm literally crying. Like, God, please be faithful. And like, what's so cool about this song is like, it's pointing to different moments in scripture. Because I've read the Bible, um, I, I can see like, oh, these are stories when God showed himself faithful to the people of God. When he showed that he was good to them, he was, he was there for them, he walked through them through tri- walked with them through trials. And I knew that I used this song in that season to say, you know, God, I don't know what the diagnosis is going to be. Like, God, him being faithful doesn't necessarily mean that the diagnosis is like, no. You know, like, he could have still had it. But I, I, this song helped me to say, like, God, I'm going to trust that should we get the worst news that we don't want, you'll be faithful to walk with us through that. You'll walk beside us, you'll hold our hands, and you'll be there to pick us up if that is the news that we get. And this was, the song became like a prayer for me. Like in a, in a moment that I didn't know what to pray, I didn't know how to take my thoughts captive, I didn't know what to do, this song was something that I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray this. I'm gonna say, God, you were faithful in my past, you will be faithful again. And what's so cool is like Asher did end up not having that sickness. I was a little salty with the doctor for suggesting something that serious and just letting it hang there, but whatever. Um, Um, And so, but the cool thing is that um, songs like that can really help to shape our perspective. It can help us to be, to pray to God in seasons that are hard. Um, And and I will just add, music is not the Bible, okay? Uh, Make sure you're reading the actual words of God and not just listening to music because it's important to know uh, what's God and what's not. Like, for example, there was like a song a few years ago that came out that was really popular and it talked about like, God goes to war and he chops off the head of my enemy. And I was like, whoa, that's... That's a little intense. Like, I had read enough scripture that it was like, I understand what you're trying to say. I don't know that I would have said that. But um, if, you're, if, if you're only listening to music and not reading the Bible, you might be like, what? God chops off people's heads. Like, you know, so just know that like worship, is, worship music, Christian songs are not the Bible. So be sure you're doing both, okay? But they're a great, great tool. Um, here's a few of my favorite worship bands that are kind of like not super well-known ones um, that I listen to a lot, uh, and they have really good theology in their songs, and so if you want to screenshot that, uh, take a picture of it, those are some that you could look up, but honestly, you guys know of, of, I'm sure, some bands, or talk to your life group, there's tons of bands that are really great. Okay, the next thing is take a day off. Take a day off, I said it. Take a day off, Sabbath. Okay, so, um, Taking a day off in Jesus' day and age was something called the Sabbath. It was called a day of rest. How many of you have heard of the Ten Commandments? Okay, the Ten Commandments. Maybe you've heard that thrown around. And what that is, that was like God sent down these Ten Commandments with the the leader of Israel and said, this is how I want you to follow me. These are the top ten rules that I have for you as a people of Israel. And so he sent them down. And you know what? Take a day off is in there. Did you know that? Take a day off is in there. It's sandwiched right between don't worship other gods and don't kill people. Take a day off. He was serious about this, guys. Like, God was so serious about taking a day off. He meant it. And the reason I think that he meant it is because it is so hard to connect with God when you're so busy that you can't 
take time for him. When you've been running on four hours of sleep for like the whole week because it's midterms, and then you try and pray, what are you going to do? You're going to immediately fall asleep, right? That's why God wants you to take a day off. It's really hard to connect with him when you're running yourself ragged and so exhausted. So take a day off. On that day off, take a nap, get some rest, and try to intentionally connect with God during that day. Okay, the next one is find resources to help you on your journey. So the reality is that one way that we can learn more about the the commands of God is to use the tons of resources that are out there. There are podcasts, there are books, there are like sermons. There's so many things that can help to teach us more about the commands of God. And so um, like, let's say that there's something that you're really, you read in scripture and you're like, ooh, that challenged me. How do I grow in that, Right? Use some of these resources. So like if you're struggling with an addiction to porn, okay, what would it look like to go to a sermon and say like, God, I need to hear someone's perspective, a pastor's perspective on how I could live in purity in this area. Get some help. Listen to people's perspectives, okay? If you're trying to learn to live in the peace and Sabbath of God, pick up a book that talks about Sabbath, Okay, if you're trying to, like, you want to find that, that uh, OTP, you know, like, you want to find that guy or girl, you're like, man, I really want a relationship. How do I do that in a way that would honor God? Pick up a book by a Christian author about what it looks like to live and in, in, to do a, a godly relationship, okay? There's so many resources out there that can help you in your, in your journey to walk with God. And if you don't know what pastors or churches or books or authors, whatever, uh, talk to us. Talk to your life group leader. Talk to us as staff. We could give you some of our favorites. Um, and, and if you're serious about wanting to strengthen your walk with God, um, I promise you that every life group leader and everyone on staff and, and most of the people that are like upperclassmen and have been in Chi Alpha for a while are trying to grow in their walk with God. If you talk to them and say, like, hey, what are you reading in the Bible? They'll be able to answer you. And if you ask them, like, hey, what's a book that you've read in the last year or so that really challenged you? Um, what is one that you really liked? They, they will probably be able to answer that one, too, because they are committed to growing in holiness and learning what it looks like to build their lives on God. Okay? And, and I know that about every single one of them. Okay? So ask them. And the last thing that I want to challenge you to do, shameless plug, but I'm serious about it, is join a life group. Okay, join a life group. You cannot do this alone, guys. If you really want to build your life on Jesus, you really want to grow in your walk with him, you can't do it alone. You need to join a community of believers. Now, I will say it doesn't have to be in Chi Alpha, okay? We want you to grow in your walk with God. We don't only want you to come to Chi Alpha. Like, we want you to be in Chi Alpha. Don't get me wrong. But wherever you need to find one, you need to find a small group. Because did you know that Jesus was in a small group? Jesus was a small group leader. He went, and before he did ministry, he picked 12 dudes that he lived life with, he talked about faith with, he did ministry with, and he walked side by side with for those three years that he did ministry, okay? If Jesus was in a small group, I think we probably should be too. (laughs) He was Jesus. If he needed it, we do too. Um, Because in life groups, we can talk about faith. We can challenge each other to pursue God, okay? Um, And I've had friends that have held me accountable um, on things that I'm trying to grow in. You know, like Kimber and I will ask each other all the time, like, hey, how are you doing in your walk? How are you, are you getting alone? Are you actually reading the Bible? How are you doing with that? And we'll hold each other accountable on that. Um, and a lot of times in a small group, we're in a small group in our, at our church too. Like we, we believe in this. We do this in our own lives. And a lot of times hearing people talk about their walks with God has challenged me and encouraged me in my walk with God. Um, and this can be your story. 
So if you're, if you're hearing the sermon, you're like, man, I really want to learn how to read the Bible. Like, what would it look like to take two or three guys or girls in your small group that probably want to do the same thing? And like, y'all read a book of the Bible together and meet for lunch once a week and just talk about like, hey, what, what did that say? <laughs> what, what did that mean? How did, what did you get from that? How did that work? Okay. Um, maybe you want to learn how to pray. What would it look like to get together for 20 to 30 minutes before life group and pray together, talk to God together? Uh, what would it look like to read a book together, right? These are people that you can walk out your faith with and that you can live life with. So what I've found in my life um, is that Jesus really is a friend that you can rely on. He's a friend that sticks with you through thick and thin. And as I have positioned my heart and my mind to put him first, as I've attempted to learn his commands, to know who he is and try to shape my life according to his plans for me, my life has been so much sweeter. My life has been so much more peaceful and stable. Now, what I'm not saying is that if you follow Jesus, you'll never face trouble. Walking with Jesus doesn't mean that you won't face sickness, that you won't have relational struggles, that you won't have job losses or anything like that. Like, God doesn't promise us that. But what he does promise us is that he will be faithful to walk with us through anything that we face. And what I found is that knowing that God is walking beside me through these things has given me a peace and a stability that has made it seem easier even when it's not easy. Okay, it's worth it. And I promise you the stability that Jesus can give you in your life will change you. It will change your life. And, uh, and so I just wanted, my question for you today is, are you willing to let Jesus be the one who shapes your life? Are you willing to say, you know what, God, I trust that your way is better than my way. And I'm going to do all I can to learn about who you are and to learn about your commands and try to shape my life according to the things that you say in your word and through your spirit to me. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.